Welcome to the QNS Podcast. Each episode, we take a look back at a week's worth of news in Queens. I'm Jacob Kay. And I'm Angelica Acevedo. Today on the show, a sneak peek into the brand new Queens Buzz Network plan. We also have an exclusive story. Business owners in Willits Point are taking legal action against the city. And Jacob and I will talk a little about our favorite stories from the past year. Business owners in Willits Point have officially taken legal action against the city. Last month, the business owners led by Irene Prestigiacomo, who herself owns a business in Willits Point, filed what's called an Article 78 against New York City and the Queens Development Group. The Queens Development Group is essentially just a partnership between Sterling Equities and the related company, which are two different development companies. The action centers around something the New York City Department of Housing Preservation and Development did this past summer. Back in July, a contractor working on behalf of the government agency installed gates and fences that blocked off several streets in what's considered the first phase of the development. But the business owners say the city lacked authority in putting those gates up, and that they didn't follow proper procedure in doing so. And this action has consequences, they say. Business owners say the gates have led to serious loss in profits. One business owner says his profits are down nearly 40% since the gates went up. The city, however, says the gates are an important step to getting the development started. As a solution, Prestigiacomo and her colleagues are requesting the gates be removed, at least until the action they filed is resolved. If they are to be removed, however, it would surely slow down the redevelopment of Willits Point. Lawyers for the business owners say they expect the action to be resolved in about four to six months, and will bring you more as the story develops. The NTA gave a little sneak peek of what will be a transformative and dramatic redesign of the Queen's Bus Network last week. The transit agency is proposing a blank slate approach. That means they want to start completely from scratch with this redesign. Some things on the table, a new grid of routes for a more simplified network that makes taking a bus in Queens easier, faster, and more efficient. MTA officials rolled out the plan at the Queensboro Hall last Monday. Although Andy Byford, he's the president of New York City Transit, couldn't make it, there were representatives from the agency, including BUS's chief officer, Mark Holmes. Holmes, a Queens native, walked attendees through the redesign plan, which they put together after getting feedback from the community. Some of the main issues they found in the borough's historically tangled bus routes, there's 107 routes in the borough, by the way, were stops that are too close to each other, overcrowding, slow bus speeds, decline in ridership, and inefficient interborough connections, especially in Northeast and Southeast Queens. The meeting, which was led by Deputy Borough President Sharon Lee, drew attention from many elected officials, including council members Danique Miller, Adrian Adams, and Barry Goroncheck. Lee thanked the MTA officials and reminded them how important this plan will be for the biggest borough in New York City. Before we open it up, I just want to say I couldn't help but note watching your presentation that clearly a lot of work has gone into um, designing a Queens bus network, uh, not of yesterday, but of today and of tomorrow uh, and with the future in mind. And so we want to thank you. Um, It's clear that the draft plan and also the planning process has been very robust and it will continue to be robust. Um, But we are the biggest borough here in Queens. Uh, over 108 square miles, a lot of ground to cover, uh, a lot of which um, do have that subway desert that we talked about and that will be relying on the surface level transportation 
options that you've outlined here, um, but we're somewhat glad that you've worked out the kinks of the planning process uh, over, at, over in the Bronx and in Brooklyn, so that we can certainly uh, benefit from the lessons learned from their planning processes that are a few months ahead of us. The full plan will be out on December 30th, and you can read all about it then on QNS.com. This past year in Queens was very interesting. Several stories from the borough made national headlines and there were plenty of smaller stories that were just as interesting as the bigger ones, if not a little more. Totally. So we figured that we'd go through our personal favorite stories from the past year and take a look at why 2019 was such an important year for the world's borough. Okay, so right off the bat, I'm going to go with the most obvious story, but... I am going to explain why I think it's still so important. Mm, You're talking about Amazon's decision to scrap the Queen's move, yes? Yes. So, if you need a refresher, the online retail giant Amazon was all set to move its new headquarters to Long Island City, but serious backlash from the community who were rallied by elected officials like City Councilmember Jimmy Van Brammer, State Senator Michael Giannaris, and Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez... Amazon decided to pull out of the deal in February. And so this story has gotten a lot of coverage. It's been a talking point for business owners and community members and politicians for over a year now, but I still really think that all this noise is well-deserved. Yeah, I mean, just this week, there was a rally in front of one of Amazon's distribution centers in Woodside, led by community activist and state senator Jessica Ramos. They were there to present their report, Packaging Pain, about how the holiday season hurts Amazon distribution center employees, and they want Amazon to do something about it. Right. And I think, just like that rally, the Amazon deal was a flashpoint in this conflict between the progressive left and the more moderate Democrats in the borough. And, you know, obviously there was a fight between these two groups that existed before Amazon, but this was a huge show of power from the left. And I think if you talk to progressive Democrats today... In Queens, they'd cite Amazon as one of their biggest victories. I agree. And that brings me to my top story of the year. What's your top story of the year? I mean, it's not exactly one story per se. Uh, I believe that's against the rules. There are no rules. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So my stories of the year are all the rallies and protests put on by progressive Democrats. You have the Ridgewood Tenants Union fighting high-rise luxury developments in the neighborhood, community groups coming out against major development projects like Sunnyside Yards, and Amazon, of course. And like you said, this political battle between the progressive Democrats and the moderates is, I think, the biggest story of the year. You saw it in the Queen's DA race between Melinda Katz and Tiffany Cavan. You saw it in the fight over a new homeless shelter coming to Glendale. And you're seeing it now in the race for the next borough president. For sure. It's a battle that we see playing out in decisions made every day in Queens. And I don't really see that changing next year, which, you know, of course, is a very big election year. Yeah, it's definitely not going anywhere. Are you looking for something to do this week? Because if you are... We got you covered. Happy holidays, by the way. Happy holidays, by the way. You can celebrate the holidays. Speaking of the holidays, 
at the Queens County Farm Museum from December 26th through the 28th at their open house, which will be open on all three of those days from noon to four. Take a tour of this historic landmark and enjoy holiday-inspired kids' crafts and mold cider throughout the afternoon. Admission is free. Happy New Year. Almost. Celebrate the end of the decade at the Astorian in Long Island City on December 31st at 9 p.m. until midnight. Tickets are $95, but that includes an open bar with craft beer, cocktails, wine, and liquor. There will also be a buffet and a fireplace to keep you warm. Get tickets while they last at theastorianyc.com. Lastly, attention all Queens writers. Uh, I'm talking to you, you know, the experienced one, and to you also, the brand new writer. Your writing is getting much better, I see. The Queens Public Library is bringing you free creative writing classes taught by the best in the borough. In partnership with the nonprofit Newtown Literary Alliance, the classes will help writers learn valuable skills that will help any writer improve. The first class of the new year will take place on January 4th from 2.30 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. at the Queens Public Library on Broadway. That's our show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to take a little holiday break. So see you in the new year. In the meantime, make sure to head to QNS.com to get more Queens news. This episode was produced by Jacob K, co-written and co-hosted by me, Angelica Acevedo, and Jacob, who also edited and mixed the show. Our reporters are Jenna Bacall, Emily Davenport, Carlotta Muhammad, Bill Perry, Max Parrott, and me. Our editor is Zach Goelb. Music by Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is brought to you by Schnepps Media. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.